So the legacy, you know, grandparents leave a huge legacy. You know, you're, you're living out a legacy, whether you realize it or not. And so this whole idea of impact in eternity, one of the things I wanted to talk about is something that I think today we need to know a little bit more about, maybe have a little bit deeper revelation of, and that's the spirit of sonship. This is a gift that's given to you at your salvation, and I want to talk about that, impacting eternity through a spirit of sonship or daughtership, you know, for you ladies. You know, they have the bride of Christ, guys, we have to deal with that. So, spirit of sonship. And so I want to talk about that this morning, and where I want to start is, let's see if this works for me. Are the slides coming up? Boom, there it is. Look at this with me. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry right here, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And there's so many things converging in this moment that I think are just wonderful and like, whoa, and powerful and great and big. But there's two things of significance I want to point out right here is, is number one, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. So before he started his ministry, he is God in the flesh, but he's also man. Before he did anything, he needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now we know that he is the Spirit, it's the Spirit of Christ, but this is very significant. If you look at Acts 10.38, it says, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And that's significant for you and me today as followers of Jesus Christ. The second significant thing is this. Look how God the Father um, claims the identity of his son. So right, right at the beginning, this is my son. This voice from heaven. And you can just picture it booming out there. And not just that, he claims the identity of Jesus as his son, but then also affirms his son. Listen, you know, for him I'm well pleased. With him I'm well pleased. Think about this. Before Jesus ever taught in the synagogue, before he ever performed any miracle signs and wonders, he's getting public affirmation from his Father in heaven. And I love that. I love to think about that and how that might relate to us Today, So the beginning of his ministry, you see this uh, father-son relationship. And then right after it, Jesus was led by the Spirit, just like we're to be led by the Spirit, we're to be empowered by the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. (laughs) And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. So we see this public affirmation of God the Father to his son Jesus. He's empowered by the Spirit. He's led by the Spirit. And the first thing the enemy tries to challenge is his identity. If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Of course, Jesus calmly responds, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And as Josh alluded to a couple weeks ago, Jesus, the Word in the flesh, anything Jesus says becomes the Word of God, recites the Word of God as an example to us. So we're to be led by the Spirit. We're to be empowered by the Spirit. But the Spirit will never contradict himself because the Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God. It's Holy Spirit inspired. And so the Spirit is just kind of all over this. And it's powerful to think about this. And I want you to think about this. When you consider impact in eternity, the Spirit of Sonship, and how Jesus modeled the Spirit of Sonship, think about this. Jesus is the first one to introduce God in the first person as Father. And so think about this with me. Like individually, he's claiming him as his Father. And so before that, 
the father term was like the father of the nations, father of Israel. But you didn't make him your personal father. And so Jesus, he shocked many of his contemporaries by referring to God as his father. And by inviting his followers to call God father. So remember the prayer that Jesus modeled? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So think about that. So this was not your typical way of doing it because, you know, rather than depicting God as a typical Middle Eastern patriarch who wielded considerable power within the family, he depicted God primarily as tender, a tender and compassionate father who extends grace to both the sinner and the self-righteous. So think about the parable of the lost son. You know, the son who blatantly sins, that's easy to call out and see and how his father runs to him, which of course you don't do at that time, and extends grace, throws a party, he's come back. And then the self-righteous son who's doing everything just right comes back and is like, what's the deal? I mean, are you kidding me? You're giving him all this? Hello, what about me? He's like, son, this has been here all the time. And so he extends grace to everyone. He's a tender and compassionate father. And we see this displayed in the life of Jesus. Because remember, Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the exact representation of his being. And so this is actually kind of a big deal. Jesus was showing, revealing the glory of who his Father is. And in John's Gospel, Jesus calls God his Father over 150 times. So displaying this unity, this love, and really this, this deep relationship, intimate relationship. He's modeling this for us. The expression, Abba, Father. You guys have heard that. Abba, Father is found three times in the New Testament. Each time it's in the context of a prayer. The one that Jesus used in its anguish cry in Gethsemane. You remember that where he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And so we see the father-son relationship on display from the beginning to the end of Jesus' ministry. And you guys know many times you go out to mountainside just to pray and talk to God the Father. And he introduces him in a new intimate way, which is huge, which is leading up to this new covenant. And so when you're baptized into Christ, and if you've grown up in the Church of Christ, you turn to Acts 2.38, 2.39, that's where we go to our go-to scripture. It's, you know, repent, believe, be baptized, every one of you, so you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And so we know that part. We know that you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You enter into this new covenant. Jesus takes our sin, he gives us his righteousness. And his blood, his sacrifice on the cross, once and for all, once and for all, was enough. And so you're clean. In Jesus. You become a new creation in Jesus Christ. And you're given a gift. This is huge. This is a big, big deal. You're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. You're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is the legacy that Jesus left. In fact, the deposit of our inheritance. You're marked. You're sealed by the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead says lives in us. I mean, that's crazy to think about. But this is a gift. You can't earn. It's not a reward. It's just by believing in Him and what He's already done, we get to receive this. And so I think it's important that we think about what this means when it comes to, there we go, the spirit of sonship. Let's read this again. Read this with me up on the screen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves 
so that you live in fear again. So stop living in fear, but man, we do it, don't we? Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Galatians 4 talks about this. Go back one. Go back one, please. All right. I love the clicker. Tech, no, I got it. I got it. Here we go. Love you, technology. All right. When the set time had fully come, God sent a son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. So do you hear that? This is important for you to know that. We've been redeemed from the Old Covenant, Old Testament, same word there, the law. You've been redeemed. To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption and sonship because you were his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. And so the spirit of sonship he sends into our hearts. And so going back to Romans 8, I want you to think about this. We are adopted into God's family, into the kingdom of God. Sons and daughters, adopted. And back then, everybody was very aware of the Roman culture. Adoption is like you really become an heir. I mean, you, you receive just as much as the biological son or daughter. You literally are in his family of equal standing, equal footing, equal ground. And so when you think about this, God the Father, and some of you have actually been adopted, have been orphans before, but God adopts you into his family and you're fully His. You are co-heirs with Jesus Christ, His Son and daughter. And in Ephesians 1.3, I think it is, it says, you've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because of your union with Jesus Christ. And this is great when you think about this. Like, you literally are received as His Son, as His daughter, when you take Jesus Christ on in baptism. That's just the truth. That's the reality. So knowing your identity... As a son, a daughter to the king, knowing your position in Christ, that affects everything, especially your relationship, because you literally are co-heirs with Jesus. It's really good news. And there's a song right now that says it's the best news ever. But this relationship changes everything with our Father in heaven. And I want you to think about this. In a world where loss of hope, loneliness, and abandonment abound, we see the, ops, the opposite of adoption of sonship and see many operating out of an orphan heart. You don't literally have to be an orphan to operate out of an orphan heart. You can even be a new creation in Christ and operate out of the orphan heart without even realizing it. But through the power of the Spirit, God transforms us and He wants us to operate more and more out of the spirit of sonship because this is greatly going to impact eternity. So today... We're either flowing with a heart of sonship or an orphan heart. Now, how does the heart of sonship and orphan heart play out in today's world? I want to look at this and, and the contrast in it here. Before we get started on this, a couple things. Number one, as we go through these and contrast all those things you see in the middle, we'll hit that. I want you to think about how Jesus modeled the spirit of sonship. Okay? Jesus is the model. He's the one we look at. And then I want you to think about you 
as I read these, I want you to have some self-awareness and see if any blind spots get pointed out. Not to give you condemnation, guilt, shame. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He convicts you. He doesn't leave you in a place of condemnation, right? Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit will convict you. And I want you to think about this because how we flow relationally out of the orphan heart versus the heart of sonship greatly impacts all our relationships around us, our family, our friends, the body of Christ. And if we're really going to have this public faith that greatly impacts the world for Jesus, we need to have some self-awareness. And so I want us to look at this for a little bit here. Image of God. An old famous theologian named A.W. Tozer said, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And there's a lot of things that affect that. Whether you had a good father, whether you had a nurturing mom, that life experiences and life isn't always fair. And some of you have had some really, really unfair things happen to you. In life, kind of in the systemic funnels, I picture it as a visionary guy, it affects how we see God. I've had a really great dad. I'm really blessed. Now, I can become too dependent on my dad and not depend enough on God. Or you had a daddy hole in your heart. Or you had a really bad dad. There's different experiences that affect the image of God. But when you take Jesus Christ on a baptism and given the gift of the Holy Spirit, co-heir with Jesus, adopted, this is how you can see God the Father. Uh, uh, the heart of sonship sees God as loving. A loving father. And we see that through the life of Jesus Christ. The heart of an orphan is going to see God as master just waiting to kind of smite you, so to speak. Security. We all deal with feelings of insecurity at different times, right? But if you're operating out of insecurity most of the time, if, if there's a lack of peace, again, that's the orphan heart. Just to have an awareness. Now, if you're operating out of the heart of sonship, most of the time you're going to be operating out of a place of rest, and peace, resting in God the Father, who He is. Resting that, man, I'm His son, I'm His daughter. The way God looks at me right now is actually really good because of who I am in Jesus Christ. And again, different things affect this. So contrasting the heart of an orphan to the heart of sonship, need for approval. I mean, we all enjoy being approved, right? Most of us like to be celebrated, not just tolerated. But again, different experiences in life and things happen to where some of us, we have a constant need for approval. We're striving for the praise, approval, and acceptance of man all the time. And the heart of sonship, the truth is you're totally accepted in God's love and justified by His grace. He already approves of you. Again, when He looks at you, He's looking at you through the blood and the righteousness of His Son. And if you haven't taken Jesus Christ on a baptism yet and received that, you need to. But I want you to think about that. The heart of a son, the heart of a daughter is, man, already you're totally accepted. God can't possibly love you any more than he does at this very moment. And that's truth, whether we believe it yet or not. So the motive behind Christian disciplines, the heart of an orphan versus the heart of sonship. You know, the heart of an orphan is its duty. It's earning God's favor or he had no motivation at all. But the heart of sonship, the motive behind Christian disciplines, it's, it's pleasure and delight. We should have discipline in our life and do good things for His glory. But what's the motivation behind to? I have to do this because I have to earn something, which in reality in Christ I already have. Or do I do this because I get to, I want to, I love to? Uh, you know, think about that as a parent, as a spouse. I don't always flow from the heart of sonship and how I treat my children and my wife. But this is what God desires for us. Self-image. Look at self-image up there. 
again, some of you have had some really challenging things happen to you and been rejected quite a bit. But there's also the self-rejection that can really come when we compare ourselves to others. And think about the social media world's taking that to the next level. Most of the time, comparison destroys contentment. Not all the time, but most of the time. And so think about self-image because the heart of a son, a daughter, is positive and affirmed because you know that you have such value to God. You have some, so much value to God that he sent his one only son. Why? Because of love. Love is why. For God so loved the world. And I want you to think about this, your self-image, your source of comfort, the next one up there. See, the heart of an orphan is going to seek comfort in counterfeit affections. Counterfeit affections, addictions, compulsions, escapism, you know, hyper-busyness. That's going to be your source of comfort. Okay? The Holy Spirit can transform you into where your source of comfort is. You seek times of quietness and solitude to rest in the Father's presence and love. And some of you might be thinking, okay, but it's true. (laughs) Remain in me, I'll remain in you. Abide in me, I will abide in you. He desires to hang out with us, for us to be with him, so that he can produce much fruit through us to bring him great glory. And so, what is your source of comfort? You know, we joke about comfort foods. Mine would be ice cream. But what is the true source of comfort that you have as a son or a daughter to the king? What do you have in Jesus right now? Now, let's look at peer relationships. Peer relationships. This affects each and every one of us. Whether you've been baptized, whether you're a not yet believer, wherever you may be, but I want you to think about this peer relationships. The heart of an orphan, competition, always in rivalry, jealousy. It's really hard to rejoice in the success of other people. That could even happen to you as a parent. Think about it. Think about how this can really kind of creep into our relationships with each other. I mean, you guys are awesome people, but we can do this. I I remember a long time ago seeing this kingdom principle and my parents and and talking to my dad about it. He has no problem rejoicing in the success of other people. Sounds great. It's not always easy to live out. Am I right? But peer relationships, the heart of sonship, it's humility and unity as you value others and are able to rejoice in their blessings and success. There's enough of God to go around. He provides all your needs according to His glorious riches. He's given you all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. I mean, He gave you His one only Son. You individually. He's your your Father. You're His Son. You're His daughter. He delights in you. Think about how you feel towards your own children, what you would do for them. You would do anything for your kids. And we're learning how to walk in wisdom of the spirit of how that should look like, and sometimes we shouldn't do things for them. Sometimes we shouldn't rescue them. So how do we flow in this peer relationships? It's, it's not always easy. I can flow back and forth, but through the power of the spirit, there is hope. <laughs> how do we handle each other's mistakes? It's sitting up there. How do you handle each other's mistakes? I am still growing in this. Accusation, exposure. Expose them in order to make yourself look good, making others look bad, and you can do that subtly. I mean, even we as a ministry team, we have to keep that culture of honor intact because you will have opportunities to talk good about your ministry team member, talk good about your shepherd, or get a little dig in here, manipulate things behind the scenes to make yourself look a little bit... You know, you've you got to watch that. How do you talk about your wife or your husband when they're not around? We need to think about it. How do you handle each other's faults? Because the spirit of sonship is love covers as you seek to restore others in a spirit of love and gentleness. Two more. Expression of love. Expression of love. The heart of an orphan 
you're going to be guarded. You've probably been hurt a lot of times or, you know, you, it's going to be conditional based upon others' performance because it's about getting your own needs met. That can develop. That can happen. The heart of sonship when it comes to expression of love is you're open, you're patient, you're more affectionate as you lay your life and agendas down in order to meet the needs of others. You know, again, this can happen through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Before we hit the last one, I want you to think of 2 Corinthians 3 with me. We're in a new covenant, and it says, you will be transformed into the image of Christ with ever-increasing glory from the Spirit of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I want you to think about that. We are in a new covenant that Jesus put into place, adopted His sons, His daughters. It's a covenant based upon better promises, is what it says in Hebrews. And this is a covenant of glory to glory. The Spirit will transform you as you're led by the Spirit, as you're empowered by the Spirit, and hopefully the fruit of the Spirit will come forward through you. The Spirit of Sonship, He literally is your Father and loves you with a big love. And then, and the last thing is sense of God's presence. You know, sometimes we flow from the heart of an orphan. It's like God's conditional. His love is not unconditional, when in reality, it is. While we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. And we're free from sin. You've heard me say not free to sin, but free from sin. His love is unconditional. We see that expressed through the life of Jesus Christ. And he's not distant. But as a son, as a daughter, you see God as close and intimate. Abba, Father. Father God, first person. Abba means daddy, dear father. It's close, it's intimate. Jesus says in John 17, 3, the way to eternal life is know God the Father and know the one they sent that. Know is a deep, thorough, intimate knowing. He wants to be in deep relationship with you because he loves you. He's a tender and compassionate father. So what's our legacy? Our legacy is to daily experience the Father's unconditional love and acceptance through the spirit of sonship and to then overflow his love to our family, friends, and community. It's never been just about us, but you've got to individually receive it. And don't let false humility get in the way of that because Jesus, he purchased that for you. He is your Father. And then we're to overflow this to people around us. Every good thing we do to impact eternity, every good thing we do to impact eternity comes through our union with Jesus Christ. Jesus has graciously given us a spirit of sonship. We're no longer slaves or orphans. We're sons and daughters of a gracious, loving, and compassionate Father. Again, we are on this journey, but I want to encourage you guys, daily renew your minds of the truth of what God's Word says about you as His sons, as His daughters. You need to recognize you have a spirit of sonship. You've been adopted. You're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And I'll end with this. At the end of his ministry here on earth, Jesus, who prays for himself, prays for the disciples, and then prays for all the believers, look at the screen and read it with me. He prays this for you and me. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be as one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So beautiful, so wonderful.
And you've got to be able to receive that and live in that and rest in that, renew your mind to the truth of that, be reminded of that. We've got to remind each other of this so that we flow more and more through the heart of sonship and not of the heart of an orphan because that's greatly going to impact eternity through your family, your friends, and this public faith in the community that we get to be a part of. So, what legacy are you living out? What legacy are you leaving? And how will that impact eternity? It's something to think about, but praise the Lord, all of us have been adopted into His family and can approach God the Father with freedom and confidence because we are His sons and His daughters. I know how my heart feels towards my own boys and how much better He feels towards us. It's good news. Rest and live in that and flow from that and see how that impacts eternity. Whether you need Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, whether you need prayer, I'll be in the front. We'll have shepherds, wives in the back. Please come forward while we stand and while we sing. Everyone needs compassion.